Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat, coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It is Thursday, and the Green Bay Packers await some kind of response from the New York Jets. Apparently, the ball is very much in their court after the reporting from Charles Robinson yesterday, talking with Wildy there on the airwaves over in Wisconsin. Sure sounds like the Packers are willing to wait. How long? That's the question du jour. We will see. I just have a bit of advice for Brian Gutekunst, and I'm not going to belabor this. I know it's been talked about already quite a bit since yesterday afternoon when the news first hit, but hold fast, Brian. The idea that the Jets and the Packers had a framework in place for a deal, which is what Robinson reported, when the Jets flew out to California makes sense. Because there's simply no way on God's green earth the Green Bay Packers were going to go, yes, by all means, go visit our quarterback if they didn't have a deal, at least a structure and an idea in place. That is undoubtedly the driver that allowed them to say, yes, please, by all means, fly out to California and see if Aaron's amiable to come to New York. And the fact that things seemingly changed when Aaron Rodgers uttered into a microphone, I was 90% retired. And then I found out the Packers were shopping me, and then I was blah, blah, blah. And then Woody Johnson just suddenly reverses course and says, well, you know, I don't know if I want to give up that pick next year. What are we talking about here? What did they talk about? What did Aaron say in that dinner or meeting or what have you? Did they not discuss Aaron possibly being one and done? Or did they get some kind of idea of, yeah, I think I want to play two more years, maybe even three, etc.? Were they just whistling Dixie in that meeting? I call shenanigans, Brian, so hold fast. You know what the player is worth. You know what the asset is worth. Get what's, what it's worth and let these clowns in New York fester. They want to go through another year of Zach Wilson. So be it. My goodness. I'm so sick of this nonsense. Hope you're all doing well. Good to see everybody. Ryan starting us off with a super chat. I don't think a trade will get done until after June 1st, probably closer to camp. I agree with Bakhtiari that they could pay Aaron Rodgers to sit home this season, but I think the Jets will cave close to camp. I actually don't think it'll get that kind of far down the lane. Uh, Could it? Yes. I'm not going to completely dismiss the possibility, but I think, quote-unquote, cooler heads will prevail probably around the draft. It's the first real pressure point. I'm not even going to say it's a deadline because it's not really a deadline. But I actually agree with Peter King, what he wrote earlier this week, about the second day of the draft being kind of the <clears throat> real flashpoint here. Clearly, we're talking about second-round picks, at least if we're talking this year's selections. Uh, backers apparently are fine if they don't get the 13th overall pick, which clearly would be that Thursday night. So it really feels like that Friday evening, second day of the draft, that's when things will probably coalesce into something happening not saying it's a given or it's a certainty, but that that would be my feeling as well. I think that is the first, like I said, pre- real pressure point, and I think something gets done there. Now, is it the deal that, you know, Charles Robinson was reporting yesterday? I don't know. I mean, possibly. Uh, probably not would be my guess, but we'll see. We shall see. Big B is here. What's up, Big B? Good to see you, man. Hope you're doing well. What else we got? We got Trampus Sanders. Thanks for uh, the super chat. Finally got to catch you live with no one to interrupt me. Go Pack Go. Hello, without interruption. Hope you're doing well. 
Good evening from London. What's up, Dale? Good evening from New York City. And may I say, it is hot as balls here. Holy cow. What is August doing here intruding into April? That's what I would like to know. Uh, you might hear a whirring fan in the background because I am hotter than Hades at the moment. So, yeah, can we go back to spring, please? That would be great. hope things are better in London than they are here. Craig, thanks for the super chat. Hey, Nags, do you see, did you see the article about Bakhtiari's view on the Rodgers situation? It sounded like he was pretty blunt about it. Uh, yes, Craig, actually. If you missed it on my Twitter feed this morning, um, there was a clip from my radio appearance yesterday uh, with Drew and KB that David Bakhtiari responded to. Um, just to give you the succinct version, uh, I pretty much said everyone was reading way too much into it, and David agreed. But if you want to see it at the bottom, or at, well, I guess a little bit down on my Twitter feed today, um, they, I, I retweeted something from the Drew and KB show where I did talk about David's comments. And uh, David responded with the target hit emoji. So, yeah, I think, look, I think mostly David was kind of, as I said on Twitter when it came out, it was being unvarnished and telling the truth. I think people are probably not used to that from him. I thought Drew made a great point on the radio. It's like, wait a second, we're finally getting rid of Aaron Rodgers and having to parse every single syllable he utters. Now are we passing the baton to David? Please tell me no. You know, the guy's sitting on a bus with his buddies, hashing it out, talking about his feelings, talking about what he thinks the situation might entail. Look, is he in the front office? No, he's not privy to their plans. He doesn't know what's happening. But he's got ideas. He's a professional football player. He plays in Green Bay. You know, he's got he's got thoughts on the situation where his best friend is going to get traded to the Jets. You know, obviously, informed speculation on Dave's part, right? But that's what it is. But the internet takes it and parses it and dissects it and makes it into something that it's not. Man, why can't it just be fun? Why can't it just be entertainment? Because that's what it is. It's literally a podcast on a bus, people. I just don't get it, man. I just don't understand this world. I feel like, you know what I, you know what I feel like? More and more when I log on to the internet, I feel like Somerset in the movie Seven. You know, when he's talking about, I don't, I don't understand this place anymore. You know, and he's talking about, oh, I'll work maybe on a farm. You know, looking around. This happened just four blocks from here. I don't understand this place anymore. I'm Somerset in seven, and uh, I'm right at the end. I feel like I'm right at the end. I just don't get it anymore. Dustin, thanks for the super chat. Nags, when, when are you in Green Bay next? Uh, that's a good question. Probably training camp, I would think. So late July, most likely. Um, not going to be in town for any of the off-season stuff. I'm not coming in for mini camp or any of that. So, yeah, it'll be uh, late July. <clears throat> Mike, I'm glad you asked. Will there be a Cheesehead TV draft party this year? Oh, oh will there be? Uh, yes. Yes, there will. All three days will be live streaming. All three days of the draft uh, right here on Cheesehead TV's YouTube channel. So uh, pop some popcorn, get yourself an adult beverage or a beverage of choice, and join us for unending hours of draft talk, Packers talk, whatever talk when we're uh, experiencing downtime and waiting for the Packers to pick. It's it's always fun, always a good time. That first night is going to be filled with um, cameos and or uh, visits from people 
both around and in and on the Packers and cover the Packers, maybe play for the Packers, played for the Packers in the past. Um, it's going to be a good time. Lots of fun each and every year. Hope everybody can make it because uh, I need the company. This year, I believe Corey is going to be traveling a little bit during the draft, so there are going to be times when I'm on by myself. So I need everyone to rally and help me out. Uh, can't get enough Packer talk. Aaron, I love your show. Thanks, Ricky. Nice of you to say. Uh, just saw that we have the 45th pick taking the Jets 42 and 43. Sounds awesome. I don't think any of that's uh, official yet, Todd. I need a banky rant bad. Doesn't everybody need a banky rant in their life at some point? Oh, uh, well. What else we got? Christopher, was 2004 the best O-line in Packers history? Whew, 2004, maybe 2003. Those offensive lines were phenomenal. There's no doubt about it. Um, best in Packers history? I don't know, man. You're talking about the you know Forrest Gregg years, those were pretty damn good. But uh, it's in the conversation. I'll say that. Especially the 2003 line where legit the entire stadium knew they were going to be running a certain play and they ran it anyway and still got like seven yards of pop because Brett's thumb was busted and they didn't want to throw it, so they ran it all the time. And Amon Green was, like, facing completely stacked boxes, and yet that offensive line, with help from the tight ends, et cetera, but the whole unit up front just paved the way each and every day, each and every week. It was awesome. So, yeah, Rivera, Wall, that whole crew, it was awesome. That was an excellent group, no doubt about it. Mark Mendez is here. What's up, Mark Mendez? How are you, man? Justin, thanks for the Super Chat. Everyone debating the significance of Bakhtiari called them Packers they, and I'm just here laughing at the meat peaking and different types of shower guys. That's what I mean. Like, it's a fun interview, man. Like, go and watch it. Like, you'll get the vibe of it if you watch the actual interview. Like, dissecting what people take away from it and blog about or post about on social media is just a waste of time, for the most part. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> Will Walter Stanley be on the Cheesehead TV draft party this year? That would be amazing. You know, I'd, I'd love to get some of those old school dudes. Like, You know who I'd love to have? Mark Murphy. But 
the safety who played for the Packers, not the current president and CEO. That would be dope. You know who else I'd love to get? Chuck Cecil. How about that? How about Chuck Cecil coming on the draft party? That would be great. Uh, Coach, thanks for the super chat. Do you ever think that 12's obsession with free plays became detrimental to the offense? Felt so gimmicky at the end. Had been years since it worked. Yeah, a little bit. I think, yeah, I don't think that's telling tales out of school. I think you just got to look, like you're saying, at the results. I know McGinn had tracked those for a while and had mentioned it a couple years ago, probably, I think even before Matt had been hired. But, I mean, it is a tool, and he did get, you know, I think did go a bit overboard with it. I just think, you know, the temptation of attempting to get that free play is tantalizing, and he had gotten really good at it. Um, you know, teams did a really, really good job of drilling it into their dudes to hold their water, you know, and watch the football. Um, now, that kind of evolved, though, into the hurry-up version where they saw teams trying to sub, and then they got teams with 12 men on the field that way. Um, but, yeah, you know, diminishing returns. There's zero doubt about it. Um, and, and, look, I, was it detrimental to the offense? I don't know. I, I do think taking the play clock down to one second every sing, every single time probably allowed some defenses to key off guys who were really attuned to it. Um, I know it happened in the NFC Championship game against the Bucks. One of the sacks he took in that game was a direct result of his tackle being completely overmatched because the defensive end, and I can't remember who it was, but got an amazing jump on the ball because he knew they had to snap it or they were going to get a delay a game. And then Rodgers took a sack. So, yeah, I think towards the end, there, you, I think it's fair to say, it, again, maybe not detrimental across the board, but there were certainly situations where it was. Eric, thanks for the Super Chat. Currently watching the Legacy documentary. Ooh, good choice. And can't believe all these special moments happen in Green Bay history. Can't help but feel like love fits with this next special moment. Love this team forever. Go, Pack, go. Man, I don't know where love fits, but... Uh, you make a really good choice whenever you sit down to watch the legacy documentary that the Packers produced for their 100-year anniversary. Um, I know most of it is available. I think all of it actually is available now on YouTube. It was up on their YouTube channel for a while, and then they took it down, but they brought it back, I believe, last year. I cannot recommend it enough. I know I've got a Blu-ray copy, um, and there's uh, I think it's available still on their app, the Packers app. Um, for like if you have it on DirecTV or what have you. I'm not DirecTV, sorry, Apple TV. But yeah, the Legacy documentary is absolutely amazing. And the stuff set, you know, where they go over like the formation of the team and the early years is just incredible. The, you know, some of the stock or found footage they have of early years Green Bay is just phenomenal. Um, and look, and I think it does a pretty good job of, you know, not sugarcoating things at least until you get to the current regime, which I kind of understand. Obviously, even with McCarthy and, and company, they don't get too kind of in the weeds or too kind of, you know, reality slash negative based. Um, but for the most part, they don't shy away from stuff. Um, even in the 80s when things were rough off the field, they touched on that. And um, it's just a really, really good piece. And I can't recommend it enough. It's incredible. Bill, thanks for the super chat. Too bad the Packers don't play the Jets. The more our fan bases are going at each other, the more I want the teams to throw down. 
well, Bill, they did last year, and the Jets have that feather in their cap. Jets fans have that feather in their cap for, you know, the foreseeable future. But the funny thing to me is, like, you know, when they try to throw that in your face, you're just like, that's great. You have a single regular season victory. Well done. I'm so proud of you. We hang banners for championships over here. Like, you guys celebrate whatever you need to. It's all good. Uh, who do I think is the best free agent signing for the Packers? Who do I? Th- who do you think the best free agent signing was was for the Packers? Ray, if you're talking all time, it's Reggie White, and it's not close. Um, Reggie changed everything. I mean, I know it sounds like hyperbole when people say that, but it, I guarantee you, I promise you, it is not. It cannot be overstated how important the Reggie White signing was for Green Bay for the Packers for everything they have done since then. It really put them on the map in a way that most people didn't expect was ever going to happen. Um, now, obviously, you know, people say the thing about Holmgren calling him, telling him it was God or whatever, and, and Reggie spoke about Favre and having played them down in Milwaukee as an Eagle and really wanted to play with Brett, and that's all part of it, right? But, you know, the Packers did pony up the most money. Money talks. There's no mis- mistaking that. But the reason they did is because they understood that landing Reggie meant that everything was different in Green Bay. You know, only because people had kind of resigned themselves to the idea that Green Bay was never going to be good again, was never going to attract good players when this new era of free agency started. And they had been so bad for so long, it was starting to become a foregone conclusion that, okay, we're going to let them kind of play out the string here. And then eventually they're probably going to fold and or move. And signing Reggie changed all of that. You know, obviously it helps that he was an all-world Hall of Fame player, you know, helps lead them to a championship. That's all great. But just signing him changed the absolute perception of Green Bay around the league. It can't be understated. Like, there's no discussion. There have been great signings, great signings. But Reggie was the best ever. Craig, thanks for the super chat. Given how MLB has changed some rules to make the game more exciting, pitch clock, no shift allowed, etc. What rules would you want to see added to the NFL to make things more exciting, interesting? What would you eliminate? Look, Craig, MLB is catching up to the NFL in this regard. The problem with the NFL now is that they do this every single fucking offseason. I'm fine addressing things every once in a while. But now the competition committee just, like, pulls shit out of their ass. Oh, now we need to work on this, or now we need to look at this, or remember the reviewing of pass interference that lasted all of one season? Like, I, I, I applaud MLB for, you know, joining the current century that they're in. But the NFL has been here for a long time, and the problem for the NFL is that they're doing too much of it. So, yeah, man, look, well, what would I eliminate? I'd eliminate most roughing the passer calls. That's what I would eliminate. Because most of them are garbage. But that's just me. I know that's never going to happen. Dave, thanks for the super chat. The ring light reflected in your glasses is freaking me out. Dave, I can't help you, man. i got to be lit. Nothing you can do about it. Michael, thanks for the super chat. If the lack of an owner... If the lack of an owner is detrimental, why have we objectively been more successful than the Bears, Lions, and Vikings over the last 30 years? I mean... There are a number of reasons. Uh, the, the two biggest reasons are obviously Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Um, the quarterback position in general 
has been handled much better in Green Bay. Now, you can put that down to having an owner or not having an owner, but that's the majority of it, right? I don't know if the, because the Packers don't have an owner that they, they have allowed these GMs to kind of do what is necessary. I certainly think there's something to be said for the fact that without a domination, a dominating owner, you know, they, these GMs, people who are in charge of football, are allowed to think long-term. They can take a Jordan Love. They can take an Aaron Rodgers. Because there is no pressure from one owner saying, all right, a year or two in, this kid better be good, or, you know, he's got to get the axe, or you do. So I think there is something to be said for that. But now, is that direct? I don't know. But I think it definitely plays into it. Well, the fake reviewing of PI. Yeah, Soder, you ain't lying. Soder, I meant to say, and I'll talk to you uh, about this on uh, happy hour in a little bit, but, man, you need an avatar on your Twitter handle, dude. Most people who don't have a picture on Twitter automatically get the mute from me because it's not worth my time. And then every time you respond to a tweet of mine, I almost mute you, and then I'm like, oh, it's Soder. You need some kind of picture, my dude. Come on, man. It's been a few years now. Upload something. I'm begging you. Make it, make it your Michael McDonald picture. Come on, man. Help me out. Uh, gotta be lit, Will said. I mean... In more ways than one, right? All right, everybody, I have to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and pick up your copy of the 2023 Pro Football Draft Guide from Cheesehead TV. A link to purchase is in the description of this video right below. It is awesome work. Plenty of time to purchase and consume the amazing content put together by Jersey Allen Company. Uh, as I say every year, Corey and I are minimally involved, which is what makes it so awesome. Make sure you check it out. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Pack Go. <laughs>